Continuing my talk about humor, and I'm also going to be talking about suggestion, which some people might call hypnosis, and then I'm going to tell you a story. In fact, I'll tell you the story first. I know this story to be true because it involves me. It dates back to approximately 1985 or 86. And at that point in my career, I had just become a nationally known speaker on the topic of humor and had the good fortune of being paid to go places and talk on the subject. And this particular uh, meeting that I attended was in Central Texas, and it was for a large hospital corporation, psychiatric hospitals. The setting was at a lake, and the lake was quite large. And as you might expect, August in Texas, it was quite hot. In fact, the swimming pool with just solar heating alone was about 85 degrees. It was almost like a mini hot tub or a maxi hot tub. So what people did to uh, recreate themselves, recreate, have fun, was they would get on a boat and drive around the lake. Now when you're driving around the lake on a boat, what are you going to do? Well, there's only one thing most people can do, only one thing that comes to mind, and that's drink beer. A generous amount, as a rule. Well, on the one of the boats was a young man, um, mid to later 20s, and he was uh, enjoying the front of the boat a great deal. And he was also a participant in the conference. I was walking from the swimming pool down toward the uh, docking area when a young woman came up running past me and behind me I turned and saw a highway patrolman sprinting towards her and she said come come right away it's just awful it's terrible and so uh, as they came by me I spoke up and said I'm a doctor can I help and I didn't say I'm a psychiatrist can I help because I was afraid they might think, no, we don't need anybody to shrink heads. So uh, the cop said, yeah, come on, there's been a boating accident. So I ran down and found in the, on the back of this boat was this young man I had spoken of earlier. And he had a terrible accident. What happened is he was on the front of the boat, resting his eyes, and they hit a large wake of another boat and he flipped off the front of the boat and hence the boat came over him. He had the presence of mind to keep his head down but that meant that one of his legs was a lot higher and the dual outboard motors came over him and it severed, just cut the tibia and fibula the two bones of the lower leg completely in half and the lower leg was hanging by the musculature of the back of the calf. He was in shock. I'm not talking about emotional shock. He was in what we call hematological shock. His blood pressure was low. He had bled out a lot. He was pale as a sheet. If sheets get pale. But his skin was translucent. You could hold his hand up to the light and you could almost see light through it. And he was suffering pain, presence of mind to 
put a big tourniquet around the thigh. And so he wasn't bleeding anymore. But what do I have to do for him right now? And the only thing I had to work with, because there was no pain medication, we, we did manage to wrap some good padding around the leg to keep it somewhat straight in line. But then we had to wait for the ambulance. So what did I have to work with? Well, what I had to work with was his mind. And so I brought my mouth down closer to his ear and in a quiet voice I said, I'm Dr. Hagaseth and I can help you. Do you, you want me to talk to you? And he said, yes, please. And so I uh, remembered the story of Br'er Rabbit's Laughing Place. And I said, I'm going to tell you about Br'er Rabbit. And anyway, so he listened carefully and I said, you know, Br'er Rabbit and Br'er Fox and Br'er Bear, they always had set twos. They had problems. And this particular story starts when Br'er Rabbit has been already caught, tied up in a rope, and Br'er Bear and Br'er Fox, Br'er Bear is kind of not so smart, Br'er Fox was cunning. And they said, we're going to boil you in a uh, wonderful broth, and we're going to have rabbit stew. You wonder why I'm talking to this guy about Br'er Rabbit, but what I'm doing is I'm setting up his mind and getting connected with him. Br'er Rabbit saw them boiling in the water, and then he began to laugh. And he laughed really hard. And they said, Br'er Rabbit, what you laughing at? We're going to eat you. He said, well, before I die in that boiling water, I just thought I had to remember my laughing place. And they said, laughing place? What's your laughing place? And he said, well, it's a place yonder, a ways, where I go. And every time I go there, I laugh so hard. I, I, I just laugh until I cry. It's just wonderful. Well, Br'er Bear and Br'er Fox thought, we'd like to know about this laughing place. And they said, well, before we, you know, get to cooking you, why don't we have you take us to that laughing place? And Br'er Rabbit said, I'd be happy to. And they roped him up on a rope-like leash and stuff. And they went a fur piece through the woods. And then when they came up into a clearing, Br'er Rabbit began to laugh. And he fell down on the ground. And he was rolling with laughter. There was nothing in the clearing except one rather big old oak tree with a big gaping dark hole on the trunk. And said, well, Br'er Rabbit, why, why are you laughing? And he said, this is my laughing place right there, right there. And they said, where? And he said, that tree, right there, that tree, in, the, in that hole in the tree. You look in there and you will be just surprised by how delighted and happy you get. Well, they ran headlong on and charged their heads into the tree side by side, dropped the rope, and Br'er Rabbit loosened his bonds. And when they stuck their heads in, they found, in fact, the laughing place wasn't the laughing place. It was a beehive. And Br'er Rabbit ran further back, sat down laughing harder, and Br'er Bear and Br'er Fox hollered, You tricked us! This is no laughing place! And Br'er Rabbit said, it's my laughing place, and I've never seen it so funny. So anyway, I said to the young man, I picture your own laughing place. Tell me what it's like. And he began to talk. He was uh, on a beach, and he was having fun playing some uh, 
volleyball with a bunch of friends, and uh, there are a lot of very attractive young women around. And he took a break and sat off to the side in a recliner and had a Corona beer, specifically a Corona. I said, do you have lime with it? And he said, yes, sir. Polite man, young, he came from the South. And so I said, what are you doing there? I said, paint me the picture, let me see. He said, well, my friends and I, we're having a really good time and we're, we're, we're drinking some beer and we're, we're all having fun. And uh, I just met a girl. I said, a girl, what's her name? He said, Carla. I said, what Car what's Carla like? He said, she's a fox. Not a bear fox, of course. A fox, meaning sharp, good looking. And I said, uh, now remember, this is your laughing place. It's not a grinning place, because by that time he was smiling. And I said, no, look at it and tell me what you, what's funny. Why do you, why are you laughing? And he began to laugh. And he laughed quite convincingly. And as he did so, I said, what's going on? He said, well, Carl and I are kind of sidling up to each other. And I said, do you have some plans on her tonight? He said, well, yes, sir, I, I do, I confess. Well, about that time, he was really relaxed, was not showing evidence of pain. His color had come back, and the paramedics arrived, and they took his blood pressure, and it was like 90 over 60. And that's pretty good if you had that much blood loss. And he could talk clearly to the paramedics. They said, well, we got to splint you and stuff. And say, they got the proper you know, air splint or whatever they had on. And they said, do you need something for pain? And he literally said, pain? Hmm, I don't think so. They loaded him up, took him to the ambulance, and that way he's gone. About a year later, I was at another conference and ran into the young man and said, you know, I'm beginning to tell your story to people about that boating accident. He said, oh, yeah. And I said, tell me what you remember about it. And he said, well, I remember that uh, when you started talking to me, I just kind of felt relaxed. And you got talking to me about an old story in the South, and I kind of got into it. And I said, and then you began to see and experience other things? And he said, yeah. And I said, do you remember Carla? And he got a sheepish grin on his face, and he said, yes, sir, I do. I said, well, have you met her yet? And he said, no, sir, I'm still looking. And then I said, how about pain? And again, he cocked his head, and he said, you know, I don't remember much about pain until I got in the ambulance. And they said, here, let us give you a shot for pain. And they gave him a whopping dose of morphine or something. And he said, you know, after they gave me that shot, the pain got really bad. This is a true story. And it's a story about suggestion. And it's a story about mindset. And it's a story about humor. At the time, I felt humor was the key ingredient. But I now recognize that the key ingredient was shifting a mindset. I told him a story got him engrossed in the story, had him participate in the story, began to add his own parts, and his mind shifted from the incredible pain to the story. And I did this entirely by suggestion. Hypnosis is not anything to be afraid of. Hypnosis is simply allowing one person to talk to the other and suggest what they put their consciousness on. So, 
I now say to you that the issue with humor is your mindset and the development of a mindset around humor and to be able to engage it voluntarily. I'll talk to you more about mindset and humor in the next recording or two. In the meantime, I also have some other uh, recordings I'm going to post. I revised the deep relaxation that I put up about three, four weeks ago, and it's a little more hearable, so I'll put that on up today too. So have a wonderful day, and uh, make sure you locate your laughing place. Alrighty, bye-bye.